Welcome back, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. Winter is not coming to a galaxy far, far <laughs> away. It's going to Netflix. And we're going to get into why Benioff and Wise, the creators of Game of Thrones, have left the franchise, give our takes on it, get through the facts, because there's a lot of rumors going around and a lot of false reports and false stories. So we're going to try to get down to the truth of this matter and also turn our eye to the future. Now, what does this mean? What impact does this have <laughs> on the future of Star Wars movies? And joining me as always, Giggles McGee, James Bainey, and Lacey Gillerin. I didn't have a nickname for you. <laughs> Guys, how are Giggleren. you? Giggleren. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Halloween nicknames are over, so we go back to other nicknames. Uh, guys, hey, how's it going? Um, you ready to talk about this uh, departure and, and really get into the truth of what happened or what? The truth. The truth. Um well, I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. The reason I was laughing, though, by the way, is because I thought, I wish we were all three old ladies, so we would, so the name The Resistance Broadcast would make more sense. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, uh, yeah, I don't know why I thought of that, but... Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll we'll talk about all that money that they're gonna be making. Yep, big bucks. I wish I had a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, you, you had that Netflix money. I yeah. do. I would love <laughs> Netflix money. Netflix, what up? No, we yeah. Don't. Can we do this on sh- on like make the official Star Wars Netflix podcast like a? I mean, we what? can. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like we pitch this show to Netflix and they like give um, us, you know, five think, million dollars. I think Je Kathleen, Kathleen, Netflix Kathleen Kennedy would stop that real quick. Um, but uh, no, we don't have a lot of money. Um, we actually have a support system, though, called Patreon that uh, people do allow us to make this podcast and make all our other videos and, and improve our quality and, and attend events and, and cover things for you guys. And uh, a lot of, a lot of you are out there right now watching and listening. So I want to thank our existing patrons uh, of the resistance broadcast. Um, and the reason why I'm talking about the Patreon at the top here is because today you may have noticed we have uh, launched our kind of 2.0 of our Patreon since it is the one-year anniversary of the page. Uh, so first off, thank you to everyone who has been a supporter of ours from the beginning, to whether you signed up day one or you signed up today. Uh, thank you so much for all of your support. We really appreciate it, and it goes a long way. You have no idea. Um, but we're very excited to just briefly, before we get into Will, uh, Will the Force, um, talk to you a little bit about some of the changes and, and new looks and stuff that we're uh, we're doing for you because we're always here to uh, improve, evolve, grow, and uh, let's start uh, with Lacey. Um, you you've, you've been facilitating our page for a year now, uh, so you're the person to uh, go to on this. Um, what what are, what are we looking at here for uh, changes for everybody from um, year one to now? Well, I think when we first started this, I'm going to be honest. We thought a lot about the tiers and what people would get from each tier, but we didn't really think about what kind of content we wanted to create. We wanted to see where we would go with it. And I think we have a better base of, we know now what works and what we like to do. And mm-hmm. so you're going to keep getting those um, like 
eight plus mini episodes. You guys are getting like two, three extra videos a week on top of the podcast and you get the podcast early, which is something that developed over time. It didn't start with early access, um, which is kind of cool. But I actually want to throw it to James because he made the images for the tiers, which also then changed up the tiers a little bit because he did some yeah. research and we realized that our tiers weren't actually correct. And <laughs> and also that sweet new header image. Yeah, I don't yeah. look awkward, so there's there's <laughs> that. <laughs> so yeah, for as far as the images go, like we we had considered shooting um, some promo images way back for celebration, and for whatever reason, like the images just kind of were not being utilized until we did, we're doing this, like we were going to revamp the the podcast. And so um, we were like, well, we got these images. Let's go ahead and try to put something together. And like, we got this thing going together. That was a little bit more like us at the resistance base. Hopefully, you know, it had a little bit of a professional, like I come from the band uh, world and like taking promo shots and, and photo photography like that of the members was, was pretty common to us. So I was like, I feel like this helps with that. Um, so hopefully you guys feel the same way. I come um, from nothing. And so I delayed giving James these photos for about three months. <laughs> <laughs> that that so. may or may not have been the reason, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, the other thing that the tears, the tears was interesting because, um, we, I don't know where there was, there is some stuff, you know, when it comes to, um, like what we each one was like a mm-hmm. pilot that technically wasn't anything. We used uh Tem and Wexley, the character as the representation of the pilot, but mm-hmm. look into it. He's not a pilot. He's a major, <laughs> you know, it, it's like, they mm-hmm. don't, they don't refer to him as pilot. He's, he's major. Like we made uh, a uh, major Wexley. mistake. Yeah, exactly. Uh, major is then above lieutenant. And I just, I, what I decided to do was I like looked at the actual resistance ranking and uh, we mixed that with, um, so we used the like real badge system, the real ranking. Uh, we still kind of loosely tied it to some of the characters to give it a little bit of familiarity. And uh, the last thing we did was we, we uh, put color coordination to the, the tiers so that it would carry over and cross over with Discord as well as future things that we do that relate to specific Discord. <laughs> yeah. Back so to you, Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, James. So really quick, because I'm sure people are like, come on, let's go. So right. yeah. the last piece, the big change that we're doing is we've moved to a Discord server. And that is because we wanted to provide a better experience for you guys as multiple uh, channels that you guys can talk on from Mandalorian to spoilers to no spoilers to merchandise, books, etc. Um, and the reason we launched that ultimately is because we wanted to give you guys options of what you like to talk about because everybody has different interests. Um, but mm-hmm. and also in addition to that is it's getting nuts out there with spoilers and leaks and stuff. So this is a way for you to be a part of the community, talk with us all the time, but you can avoid those spoilers because we've all agreed as a community that we won't post them unless they're in that specific channel. And right, mm-hmm. so a lot of our listeners were saying, I'm off of Twitter until January because mm-hmm. I don't want to see anything. Um, so this helps us kind of separate that. But then the big thing too is you get to talk to us all day and look, I can get annoying. I get that. But there's a lot of cool people in there that aren't annoying. <laughs> and you get to talk about Star Wars all day. So that's that's it. Check mm-hmm. it out. Yeah. And again, you know, I joke about this at the end of our podcast every week. Like if you're if you're not 
if you haven't had enough of us two times a week, you know, like they said, eight mini episodes every month, including the rumor reviews I do and the Lacey's Outpost and James has videos he peppers in from time to time as well. You're getting all that early. I know we're getting a lot of that on the main channel now, but the growth for that channel has a lot to do with your support as well. So it's not just necessarily there's content on the Patreon page for you, which we are continuing to do and create and think and all that sort of thing, but you're helping us, uh, really improve the quality and and quantity of the show. So thank you guys all so much for your support. And again, if you want to check it out, uh, the relaunch happened today. And uh, it's patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Tiers start at $2 a month, all the way up to tier five. And uh, we thank all of our existing patrons and our future patrons. But now it's time to podcast. So we're going to get into that now with Will the Force. It's back, baby. <laughs> We're going to send it to James to fire up this week's questions with our friend, Cheer It! I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. There he is, baby! All right. Uh, cheer It, man. Uh, still. Still to this day, beat up Hondo one time. I love that. Um, yep. <laughs> will the Force this week, five questions, two patron questions. Uh, we're going to kick it off right now with this first one. Will Wicket, we all know the little lovable Ewok, uh, is he going to appear in the rise of Skywalker? John, I'm starting with you on this one. Are we getting it back? Is it going to be the cameo for Warwick Davis? I think it is. Um, I think they're putting all the eggs in the basket for live action things to come back that have existed previously. So, um, we know Warwick hasn't went away, hasn't gone away. He's been in every movie in one Mm-hmm. way or another he's very active with celebration he's a big part of the family um you know he's in this movie so why wouldn't you put the bear suit back on they've got it somewhere i'm sure it still fits him so uh and we're still in the endor system it all points to yes so i think we are gonna see uh wicket back in the rise of skywalker so yes we will all right Lacey, what do you think I agree. I think it's an easy way to get Ewoks into this movie, even if it's just him. Um, do we know the life expectancy of an Ewok? Has that been answered? Oh, no. I do. <laughs> I, I'm sure it probably has. I don't know off the top of my head. Like, would, he, would Wicket be dead? Right. I mean... I don't want to think about it because that's very sad. But I mean, there were there yeah. were some older looking Ewoks, and he looked kind of young. He looked like he could be five yeah. days old though, yeah. <laughs> if their life expectancy yeah. is right. five days. You know. <laughs> um, but that being said, I think it's an easy way to give a callback to the original trilogy to let Warwick have his moment, a little bit of fan service, but also excitement ties everything together. Um, so yeah, totally yes. Okay. I am unsure because of the whole Endor thing that we discussed last week, but this is what I'm going with. I'm J.J. Abrams. I'm closing my eyes. I'm going, is is seeing Wicket in this movie going to be satisfying? Yes, it would be. So, yes, he <laughs> will be showing up. That did, is where I'm landing. Um, I remember someone asked Matt Martin about, like, is there a... a database for all life expectancies in star wars and he's like we only reveal that if we have to for because we don't want to like handcuff ourselves Mm. so i've really thought about what the behind the scenes stuff like what they have to have written out and it's got to be so nuts someone here is saying 80 to 90 years 
for so, when you walk. Uh, so if that's the case, he'd still be alive. But I mean, I think we're all three on board saying yes. So yeah, yeah. cool. Our next question is from a patron of ours. Uh, this one is Admiral Tampa movie guy coming from him. Admiral Tampa movie guy wants to know, <laughs> <laughs> wants to know with the Benioff and wise departure and mystery surrounding the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Will we actually see a star Wars movie film or star Wars film released in 2022? Lacey, this one's coming right back at you. Bingo, bango, bungo. This is that it. Boomba. Is... What did I say? Uh, bungo. This is <laughs> tough. I, because the first one was supposed to be their movie. So that means they either have to hand off their whole concept or then bring in someone all new. And that's what, mm-hmm. like three years away. I'm going to say, no, we're not going to see a movie in 2022 because of this reason. They'll revamp it and say, oh, we've pushed it back to 2024 or whatever. So no. John, what do you got on this one? <laughs> um, that's tough because you got the sale happened in October 2012. Force Awakens came out three years later. They would have to have something kind of in motion mm-hmm. soon. I'm going to say yes still, though. I, I think it could be the, the Kevin Feige movie. It could be because I don't think... I can't imagine him departing. So he's already on board producing Mm -hmm. a film. He -hmm. gets things done. So I think it's possible they say, Kevin, that slot is there. Take it. That allows us to, you know, look beyond after that and and get this other stuff figured out. So um, I'm going to say, yeah, I think we will see a Star Wars movie in three years from now. Um, We will. Um... Yeah, I'm I think we will as well, mostly because I don't think that it holds very well with fans if they announce the 2022 slot. And then even though we know what's going on and that stuff gets uncovered, if they come back out and they're like, never mind, we changed it to 2023, you know? Mm-hmm. I I think people are like, oh, great. Well, they don't have anything, uh, whatever. So I uh, guess what? 2023 doesn't mean anything to me because you're going to say 2025 and then you're going to say 2026 and then you're going to say 2028. Like, uh, yeah, I think that's way bad PR. So yeah. just because they have that slot in there that says untitled Star Wars movie 2022, they'll they'll make it happen. Nice. Uh, the next question we got is, will the Mandalorian's name be revealed in season numero uno? Season one, are we getting his name? John, what do you think? I think we will. Um, I think for the sake of character development and understanding where this guy came from, they can't just keep him, because I think he may keep the mask on. Like They can't keep everything from us from this guy. We're supposed to start you know feeling for this guy and and he's our main protagonist he's the one we're supposed to get behind and 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 um you know worry about and want to get to know so i don't think it may be early or anything like that but i think it might be one of those reveals towards the end where someone says his name and he turns around and we're like oh my god that's his name like a bad sort of thing ben yeah um 
<laughs> so I don't know. What the heck? We will. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll find out around Christmas, but I'll say, yeah, we, no, we will. <laughs> yeah, it's not too much longer. Not too much see, longer. What do you got? You think they're going to name him Dan so that they can change the name in season two to Dandelorian? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, no, I don't think they're going to name him Dan. Uh, <laughs> but I do think they're going to give him a name because a name is really important to people like as an individual like i can't imagine myself not being lacy so mm-hmm. i can't imagine that they'd have this full season without giving him some type of persona outside of the mandalorian mm-hmm. um that being said i think it's going to happen like john said someone from his past who's going to know who he is or someone they won't know who he is but then someone finds out and that's like his breaking point of like oh they know who i am now like secret identity like peter parker type of stuff yeah, they had. They, I mean, they must have some kind of plan DeLorean in place for this. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Uh, I, the, John, you always do this. You always stick in the season one, you know, which makes it so hard to decide because ultimately, well, I James, think we're I need all to right. save. I need to save these Will of the Forces for season two when, when there's no <laughs> yeah, Star Wars yeah. movie to talk about. <laughs> um. You know, I think we all know that he probably at some point down the line will get a name. Just will they do it in the first season? Um, I'm also going to go yes. I I think they will, um, but I don't know that it will be early. You know, I think they'll try to keep... The, the, the Mandalorian name and his character not having a name is very similar to a Mandalorian character not having a face. You know, that's hidden. We don't talk about that stuff. I am this being and that's it. Um, so that's kind of why the show isn't called, you know, John Rambo. It's called, you know, the Mandalorian, which is just like a mysterious name. Um, however, if the show is really good, I will become a Standalorian. Nice. My question is, what are people going to call him in the show? Because like saying like, hey, Mandalorian, it's like so long. Like, are they going to be like, hey, bounty hunter or hey, blah. You. Hey, you. Yeah, probably. Like Clint Eastwood didn't have no name. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could see a scene in the first episode. What do I call you? And he says, call me the Mandalorian. Yeah. Or with Kara. That's it. Kara goes, what do I call you? Mandalorian. What's your real name? Mandalorian. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, Werner yeah, Herzog's doesn't like, matter I heard yeah. you're the best. So like the people around the galaxy just know this guy is Mandalorian, you know? I think it would be kind of cool. Like, I mean, I think that's kind of the idea, right? He's called the Mandalorian. He's the guy. Like, yeah, that's cool. Right. Yeah. Have you heard uh, about this guy that's going around? They call him the Mandalorian. All right. Sorry to go on a Anyway. It just came in my head. For sure. Um, The next question is coming to us from, and I have a question, John. Lieutenant John Riley or Major John Riley? It just changed. He just changed today. How about yeah. that? So, may have gotten a little bit of a promotion there. Um, will George Lucas like or dislike seeing the Emperor coming back in some form in the Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> so, Lacey. Let's start with you on this one. Do you think George Lucas is digging that idea that the Emperor is coming back? Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, it's George's story to start. So why wouldn't they finish it with some aspect of George's story? Um, I think he really liked that character. So it would make sense that they'd bring him back as the villain. 
I know if I was George, I'd be like, sweet, they're using my guy again. Awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yes, I think he's for it. Lacey, or I'm sorry, John, what do you got? I actually think that. <laughs> sorry. Mm-hmm. Lacey, go again. <laughs> so I actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like he's kind of checked out and we all kind of know he's kind of like bitter a little bit, but he still pops around and is like. Hang this coat on like this. That's how I'm going to do it. Um, but I think he would like it because even though people are like, oh, George would li- like to do new things and invent new blah, blah, blah. He regurgitated a lot of stuff. Like if you look at A New Hope to Return of the Jedi, it's like Death Star, boom. Tatooine, boom. Lightsaber duel, boom. So I, I think even if George wrote the sequel trilogy, he'd be like, uh yeah, Palpatine's coming back. Uh, this was my plan all <laughs> along. I wrote this in 1976. It was supposed to be nine movies. Don't listen to my other interviews in the 80s where I said that wasn't the case. So yeah, I think I think you'd like it. It's poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I it's funny. I think publicly he would you know say what he said before like ah uh, you know um they went with the old. Uh, and I would have liked to see, you know, some, some new, I think you're right on that, John. Uh, but p- privately, I think George Lucas is like, that's right. You ain't got nothing better than the emperor. <laughs> like that's my character. Yeah. Yeah. And you were unable to come up with someone bigger, badder, crazier than the emperor. So you had, you brought him back. Cause that's your big, uh, uh, climax to this whole new trilogy and he's like pumped that they're bringing him back because it just emphasizes how much more that character was his invention and how powerful he is in the long run mm-hmm. that's his that's his private conversation and there's a story so of I, jj talking to him about palpatine right didn't jj say that so i think so i think yeah it was like before this movie started or oh i don't know because they said it was the plan from the long from the get-go so who knows when that happened um, a last one we got here is will Kevin Feige's produced movie be the first Star Wars movie to hit theaters after the rise of Skywalker? Um, John, we're going yeah. right back at you for this one. Starting it off. What I, you already kind of hinted. I here. spoiled it myself or yeah. Um, I incepted myself. Uh, yes, it will be the first to put a smile back on everyone's face. Kevin. Feige. All right, Lacey, what do you think? You agree with that? Yeah, I think they're already working on stuff probably with Kevin. So, yeah. Yeah. Just to to lock it up real quick on this one. Yeah. I I mean, right now, Ryan is saying he doesn't, he's unsure of the timetable and uh, there's nobody else. (laughs) So it seems like he's next in line. He just uh, gets things done. He's taking the throne. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. He's so good at just pumping out three or four movies a year, you know, he could be like, here's my plan for this. Let's, let's go. Like, what what are we waiting for? All right. That's it then uh, for will the force. Let's head on over to the Patreon pod race. Lacey, what's up? So we talked a lot about Patreon, so I'm not going to get too much into it, but head over Mm -hmm. to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. And you could possibly have a rotating spot on the Patreon pod race which is what General Jeremy has today. And he's answering the toughest question we've ever had. It's not that tough. No. It's tough for me. (laughs) Uh, And it's, will Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo die 
in The Rise of Skywalker. Jeremy, take it away. Greetings, Resistance. How's everyone doing? For the upcoming Rise of Skywalker movie, I want to see uh, good old Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo perish. I do not want to see any kind of Raylo connection. They can team up. They can do what they need to do to take down good old Chevy babes and uh, help take down the uh, First Order. But after that, I have to see uh, Mr. Ren uh, part ways with the this life and uh, not get redeemed. He took uh, Han Solo from me and from all of us. And to me, that's a line that just you cross, buddy, and you uh, cannot come back from. So with that, I definitely do not want to see any type of redemption. Um, it's no good, man. Hope everyone's well. Resistance, keep on doing what you're doing. General Jeremy, out. Jeremy, I have a lot of questions. Uh, number one, how dare you? Um, I'm going to go to John. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> if John did a pod race, it would be this answer. <laughs> James, I, I, I'm I'm not that extreme. I I would say I think there's very good chances that he's going to do the redeem thing. Um, but I but I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, I have said for a long time that I would be okay with them 100% treating him like the villain. So there is a part of me that's with you, John, on this one. Yeah. You mean Jeremy? Jeremy, Although yep, I'm sorry. It, yep. it would have been John if it was John. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what was confusing me was John. <laughs> John said at one point, like, that would have been my Patreon Padre. So yeah, I was and, kinda... and to be fair, he did say they can team up and be Palpatine. Like, I'm vibing that too. And uh, he can be redeemed. But if the question is, will he die? And Jeremy says, yes, I agree. I mean, Jeremy seems really... disagree. Ex- Lacey, Jer- <laughs> can, can we be honest? Jeremy seems a little more excited than me about his death. Yeah. Like, like he seems like he's a, he's got his popcorn already. And, like, he's got his little, like, Kylo die flag. He like, was, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> all in. Like, disappointed yeah. if he lives. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Jeremy, I'll forgive you for this. <laughs> but thank you for your support. I love your background. It looks like you're uh, getting grapes, right? Still doing grapes? I can't tell. <laughs> you got some great music, though. I was jamming out some to that. Some great music. A nice, nice, sunny. I'm trying to change the subject because this is like really hurting me. So hmm. I'm just going to move on. John, go ahead. Are we moving <laughs> on to the discussion? Is that the deal? Yeah, I can't. Okay. Jeremy, bye. All right. Jeremy, bingo, you're the bingo, best. Bingo, bungo. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for being a general. You're the man. And, <laughs> Not to, uh, but we're in a fight. <laughs> we'll ca- yeah, we'll catch you. We'll catch you uh, next time. All right, guys. The discussion this week. Tackling the Game of Thrones creator's departure from Star Wars. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Darth Vader. There we go. All right, guys. Game of Thrones creators David Benioff and D.B. Wise have exited their Star Wars movie projects. This has the internet buzzing like crazy. And of course, 
Running with assumptions, rumors, narratives, and everything that comes with a big announcement like this about Star Wars movie productions. So let's talk about their exit, what we think really happened. And we know, you know, more, you know, light has obviously been shed by the time we're listening to this, but uh, really also what this could mean for the future of Star Wars theatrical films. Um, obviously, there's been, I'll just start by saying, obviously, there's been a, a little bit of a pattern of this happening with Star Wars productions, and it gets a bigger spotlight because it is Star Wars and not like, you know, uh, Dude, where's my car? Or you know, another production <laughs> that no one care you know cares as much about. But to me, um, it's clear that this is its own animal and how it happened, and it has to do with the fact that David Benioff and DB Wise, um, when it was announced that they were getting this trilogy uh, or series of films, they were to write and produce it, and everyone flipped out, so excited because Game of Thrones was still really popular. Amongst fans, it was the biggest, most popular television series of all time. And then season eight happened and everyone got upset and started saying these guys don't know how to write. They stink. And a lot of people flipped the script on them. I think that soured the waters a little bit. And then they got their deal with Netflix and they're like, you know what? I don't need this. I'm out. And I think there's more to it. I'll get into my other reasons in a minute, but I want to bring you guys in and um, James, I want to start with you, and you alluded to this on Monday, that it is straight up bags of filthy, dirty cash as the main reason, but um, what do you think about this whole situation? Um, I, I, I was saying, I think that, that the writing was on the wall the second that Netflix deal was was out there, because to me you generally just don't really hear about um i don't know people taking multiple jobs like that to that degree like i know there's going to be examples of like well look at Ryan you know what i mean he was announced and he's doing these other movies and stuff but like i i when that came up i was like you know what this this there's something about netflix now that almost makes it seem like netflix is kind of a collective um thing and them getting that Netflix deal. And I know how Netflix spends money. Uh, they're kind of liberal with how much they want to, to give people and how much freedom they want to give people. And when I saw they signed on with the Netflix deal, I thought, all right, that they just got a ton of money and the liberties to, to do whatever they want. And, regardless of, of how much we want to say about how strict Lucasfilm is with, you know, how everything's got to fit into the canon and, and no, don't you, you can't do this story and it's got to fit this way and stuff. I don't even think that's it. I think that they were willing to deal with all that stuff. Um, I think it just comes down to Netflix has like almost zero restrictions on this, on the stuff. And then Disney had some restrictions. Mm -hmm. So they were like, creative freedom and a lot more money. Yeah. Sorry. We got a better job. That just is what it comes down to. We were excited to work for you. We were excited to come and and play, uh, with, with what you were going to give us. But at the end of the day, sorry, I, I got a better job. So they, they just went over there. Um, I, but you, you say stuff about the, the, the fandom and, and other things like that. I don't know about that, but I want to hear what Lacey has to say. Lacey, do you have an opinion on that specifically? Well, so I I agree with you, James. I think that it's a 
business decision, first and foremost. I think anytime there's yeah. big amounts of money on the line, anyone's going to be like, I'll take the money. Um, but I think there is a piece here that everyone needs to take a step back and look at, which is the fandom is nuts. We're all crazy. <laughs> so that being said, just seeing the kind of stuff that like Ryan Johnson deals with on a daily basis and going back to months ago, um, one of my favorite directors, writers, producer guys, uh, Christopher McQuarrie, who does like the he's doing the new Top Gun. He does Mission mm-hmm. Impossible. He did Edge of Tomorrow, which I adore. Um, he was doing like a cute. So, so him and Tom Cruise are friends. Yes, he does all the Tom Cruise. <laughs> movie. He did that mummy movie, too, which I realized I was like, oh, he's just Tom Cruise's guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I like Tom Cruise. Um, anyway, no, I like Tom mummy. Cruise. I didn't like the mummy. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see the mummy. So he was doing like some sort of Q and a one day and, and you know, I'm a huge fan of his. So I was like, Hey, would you ever do a star Wars movie? And his immediate response was to quote tweet me and go, I'm not going to answer this. Cause I don't want to like get into it with people. Like that was his response. It wasn't, no, I don't want to. It was not, Oh, I'd love to. It was, I don't want to hear what people have to say. So if, like, I can't help but think that some of these directors just say no to things because they don't want to be involved. I'm trying to think of who else was rumored to do something. Wasn't Jordan Peele going to do a Lando movie? And he was like, nah, I'm out. Like, that was rumored to be going on. Mm. So you can't help but think that these top ten... I'm not saying that's true. That was just one of the rumors going around. But, like, from my own personal experience with McQuarrie, like... You have these top talent, like really great guys and girls just saying guy because I'm talking to a guy um, that won't even touch it because they're just like, I can't deal with the backlash because they saw what Ryan Johnson went through. So what kind of creative person's going, yeah, let me just throw my hat in knowing that there could be just spikes at the bottom of that pit and take and jump. <laughs> Yeah, and I I agree with that. And, you know, even though no one's saying she was asked to do it, Ava DuVernay said, like, I would never want to do a Star Wars movie. And Mm -hmm. she's like, no, I want nothing to do with that. And it's uh, for to publicly say that, especially if you come off a a clunker like that movie she did for Disney. Wrinkle in time. Yeah. Oof. My own. Um, And then um, I heard from someone else who had said they'd spoken with someone who... uh, was a director and they, they had said like, yeah, there's a, there's definitely a, if I don't need to do a star Wars movie, I'd rather not deal with the headache of doing it. And that's a real thing. It's a, it's a tangible thing. And I think that's a big problem for Kathleen Kennedy right now. Cause she has a catch 22. She has fans screaming at her that she needs to be more diverse <laughs> and uh, bring in new voices and new directors and new writers. And then they have this other thing here where it's like you need proven talent and stability because you've had a lot of volatility with your choices with directors and writers. You, you need to figure this out and balance that in a way. And I think the, the fan culture is damaging. And for anyone to think that these fans that have vilified David Benioff and D.B. Wise because they didn't like how Daenerys Targaryen's uh, Targaryen's arc ended uh, and call for rewrites of the show and boycotting the show, you are no different 
Let's let's be clear. You are no different from the people who vilified Ryan Johnson for The Last Jedi. And I know for a fact there's a lot of people who are slamming these Game of Thrones guys for how they did their story and how they wrote it and they don't know how to write and stuff. We're the biggest defenders of Ryan Johnson against people who hated Ryan Johnson. Well, guess what? You are the hero until you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, and you did. And now you're causing a problem for Star Wars, literally, with productions. Because these people are seeing it, they're fully aware of this fan culture, and they're like, you know what? Like James, you just said, Netflix like knocks on the door for David Benioff and DVYs, and they're like, $250 million. Come play in our playhouse. There's a lot of toys here. You don't have to do what we're saying. There's no story group saying this, that, and the other. And there's no Netflix fandom. It's a Star Wars fandom. There's no Netflix fandom of toxic Netflix fans. You come do your show. If people like it, they stay. If they don't, they go. And they're probably like, peace. Gotta go. So <laughs> I think there, and there are certain elements to it because that, that Hollywood Reporter article acknowledged that and said they said they don't like the idea of the toxicity. That's why they skipped San Diego Comic-Con, the farewell to Game of Thrones. They're like, I don't want to be booed after eight years of just doing all this relentless work of creating one of the greatest TV series of all time. Like groundbreaking television. We're talking about like changing it forever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry you didn't like how we ended this show, but I don't need to hear you boo me. Like, get out of here. Like, we'll go take our 250 million and go. So, James, you're right. It is business, but also this is a cultural thing that is a problem right now. For Star Wars. I think it's like literally saying like people hated the last episode of Seinfeld and then saying, therefore, Jerry Seinfeld sucks because you didn't like one episode of Seinfeld. Like that's kind of how I see it is like I didn't watch Game of Thrones. So I'm going to I'm going to throw that out there. I've never watched it. I have no interest as of now to watch it. Um, Maybe someday. That being said, I saw people react that night and I still see people react every day to how season eight went. At the end of the day, this goes back to these stories aren't ours to tell. This isn't our story. We don't own these characters. So if someone gets killed, they're meant to get killed. If Mm -hmm. someone turns evil, they're meant to turn evil. It's not your choice on whether or not they go a certain way. Now, of course, I'm sure they listen to fans like they did with like Lost and stuff and listen to what fans like and don't like. But at the end of the day, it's not our decision what happens with characters. And I don't think that if you don't like a story plot point or a character that then you vilify the person that did it. Ryan Johnson isn't a bad person because he killed Luke Skywalker. That doesn't make him a bad person. Just like mm-hmm. these guys aren't bad because they killed Amelia Clark's character. And like you said, John, I find it very interesting that the same people that defend Ryan, rightfully so, should also be defending any type of creator for their choices. You yeah. can't pick one and not the other because they're pretty much the same thing. Yeah, because then you're being hypocrite and you're just picking whichever person... Uh, like wrote the story that you liked better as opposed to these are human creators. Exactly. And all these creators have the rights to their story. Yeah. Because they took that that show into places that no one ever would have imagined and they took it past the book so you can't say it's not what George wanted. Right. It it's literally 
it, it's their ideas. So they're going to end it the way they want to. And I just, um, it, it really is disheartening to hear these stories where they're like, oh, people are passing on projects because of fans. Sure. And I just want to tell people to like, just dial it back, man. Just calm down. Yeah. <laughs> calm even down a little bit. Even have people saying Kevin Feige, I don't want him in Star Wars. It's like, oh God, I'm not even going to touch you people. But James, you seem like you were still a little doubtful on, the, on this here. Am I right in that by your facial expression? Yeah, I think you guys are putting a lot on this, which are which at best would be like, I don't know, passing comments on like, I don't know. Yeah, it, they did come off of that show and fans didn't re- react really well. So there's there's probably some small portion of that decision that's like, do we want to do we want to even like get into that at all? Because when they did start into Star Wars, there's kind of like two things. There wasn't a big divide, if I remember. I don't remember exactly when they were announced, but like the big divide happened at Last Jedi's release. Um, but they also were in a position too where everybody was still uh, like liking Game of Thrones. They two months after the Last Jedi, they were announced. So so it was okay. Well, they might have even been. They might have even signed the papers and then. Uh, before, but I, but I don't know that that's, that's here nor there. I just, I don't really know that, that there's, that this decision was so much based on, uh, you know, Hey, we're, we're going to make money over here and we have an opportunity to do a lifelong dream in creating these star Wars stories and stuff. But the, the toxicity in the fandom is so bad that that's why we want to leave. And I'm like, no, number one reason is money. Number one reason for me is money. They left because of money. Yeah, but I but I, and and the number one reason can be fifty one percent money to you. But I'm putting like this this decision on the toxicity at like a ten percent. Like I'm like it's not even really part of the decision. It is, but it's, it's not mixed. like a major player in it at all. It's mixed. It's mixed. Um, um, they had because James they had the Netflix deal and they still wanted to work on the Star Wars projects and Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, you don't sh- buy that. I mean, it came from the Hollywood Reporter via very, pretty solid sourcing. So uh, I'm going to go by what this is, they're saying versus like, let's make our assumptions. Right. I have to. So mm-hmm. they're saying Kathleen Kennedy uh, scoffed at the idea of them doing both things. We touched on this a little bit on Monday. She said, you're working on Star Wars. You, you can't be doing both things. I don't I don't like how that works. And they were saying, well, you know, we have this big deal. It's $250 million with Netflix. We can do both. We're telling you right now, we can make both work. And she's like, well, we waited for you to finish Game of Thrones. You did that. And now you're saying you got this deal too. And they're like, look, we'll make it work. She butt heads with them. And they're like, you know what? This isn't worth it for us for these reasons. We have this deal. We're going to go over here now. It's not like they just had Star Wars and they left because fans were upset. That wouldn't make sense to me. They have this other yeah. deal. Great Green pastures, no toxic fans. There's no Netflix fandom. I just said that. But um, the the element of Star Wars like being too much for them to even want to worth the argument is is what this uh, source was saying made them a hard quit. But but again, I don't think it comes down to the toxicity in that. It's that to me is more like okay, they're getting 250 million from Netflix, right? And let's just say, just I'm making up a number, right? They're getting. 150 million from Lucasfilm, right? Okay. So let's put this all together. You know, that's $400 million. Mm-hmm. 
So they're like, yeah, let's do it. We love money. Let's Mm -hmm. do both. And Netflix may or may not have seen a problem with that. But Lucasfilm is going, no, (laughs) no, we don't want you like putting half of your attention into our properties. Like we think the only reason you're sticking around is because of the money. I, I, again, the fans, the fandom, the toxicity, all that stuff, not a question in this. It's Benioff and Wise trying to make as much money as they possibly can. They're trying to do both. And Kathleen Kennedy is saying, I don't want half of your attention. So I don't think this is working. And they go, all right, fine. That, that, that's fine with us. I guess that's, you know, that's the way it's going to be. So we'll go over our, our first choice was Netflix in the first place, you know, or she she gives them an ultimatum. She says, Hey, it's either us or Netflix. And they go, well, they're giving us more money. So they go over there. But again, I'm just, I'm, I know I've said it a million times. I don't think the the fandom is part of this conversation. Oh, really? It is. It's, it's a bigger problem than you yeah, think. Okay. And there's, if they're like late, like Lacey brought up Christopher McQuarrie, Ava DuVernay spoken but, out about I, to it. Me, Other directors are, have spoken the, out about it. If a director who go find somebody who says they wouldn't want, they wouldn't have any interest in a Star Wars movie. I can find people that I work with that have never seen the movies. That's that, not like, the point. The point is, you. I have, think it is. No, you have directors who who are, who could be hurting themselves for future employment, actively, mm-hmm. openly saying, "I would never do a Star Wars movie." That is yeah, bad well, optics. I would never no do a how you slice Sparks it. Movie. No matter how you slice it, that's bad optics. You don't hear anybody saying that's, I'd never do a Marvel movie. Yes, you do. Martin that's Scorsese. a huge conversation yeah. right now. Yeah. No, I'm talking that, about be, I'm, uh, Martin Scorsese. Like, is going to make Martin Scorsese movies? He's saying this is art versus this is you know not art. I'm talking about people actively saying, if you were in the running, would you accept this? And they said, no, I would not. Yeah. And, and you guys quoted Ava DuVernay for saying that, but she said, not for me, which to me says, maybe she just doesn't feel like she's a right fit for that world, okay. that, that type of movie. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean she's like, huh, I'm not touching that thing with the 10 foot pole. I'm just going to get hammered on Twitter and my career will be over. Like we, we have to remember too, that like, like people, some people didn't like JJ's movie. That's fine. But JJ's movie did not, did not create this crazy toxicity. Gareth Edwards movie didn't split everything. Um, Ron Howard's That's movie. While point, some man. people were like, I, it is the point. It you isn't. guys are trying to say that the star Wars fandom is so bad yes. that these top talent people are like, I don't even want to touch that, but there's only been one movie that has really caused an issue with fans hating on a director specifically. They're not doing that to John Favreau. They're not doing that to, to Dave Filoni okay. and everybody else who's right. working on all these other animated things. They're not even really doing that with like the artists of the comic books and the storytellers. There. No one They're cares about the comic the, books. The novels. Dude. There's nothing I'm to do with any of this. It's not Star Wars fans coming after the author saying you wrote bad stories. Okay. That La- Lacey, only let's, happened one time Lacey, in Star Wars. let's bring you back in then. So you think it's both, right? I think it's both, but I also think that, James, what you're saying is, yeah, it wasn't these directors. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. First of all, people did attack Ron Howard. Everyone likes Ron Howard, but people definitely attacked Ron Howard after Solo came out. Some, but not like what they did with Ryan. I'm saying, though, let me finish, mm-hmm. 
that the directors that you said before that, that you listed movies out like The Force Awakens and blah, 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 all Mm -hmm. these things. Since Ryan Johnson's movie, all the conversations about people passing on Star Wars projects have been due to the harassment and craziness that surrounds The Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson. And as soon as that started and all that craziness happened and then it resulted in what resulted with Solo, I think you're going to have a lot of people like Chris McQuarrie, who said to me within the past year, I will not talk about this. I will not touch it. He's a guy that's making buckets of money with Mission Impossible, who loves Star Wars, who has openly talked about Star Wars on Twitter before about how much Mm -hmm. he likes it. He's saying he will not answer that question because he doesn't want to deal with the backlash. That to me says bad attention. One person of... I'm assuming, I'm assuming right now, throwing that out there, mm-hmm. it's a Hollywood thing. Yeah. I think a lot of directors, writers, producers that love Star Wars, that would love to work on a Star Wars, saw what happened to Ryan Johnson and continues to happen to Ryan Johnson and said, you know what? I love Star Wars, but it's not worth it. Maybe I'll check back in a couple years. And yeah, I guarantee I'm- that's what's going on. Now, is that the determining factor that made the two guys leave? Probably not. But if you're sitting down with two job offers and you make a pros and cons list, and that's one of the the cons on there is like, well, if we take this job, we have to deal with this. And it's like, well, if we go to Netflix, no one really gets crazy angry. Like even Stranger Things, no one gets angry about Stranger Things. And those guys are allowed to do whatever they want. The Duffer Brothers. They mm-hmm. probably saw that and were like, you know what? It's a better deal. Plus we get tons of money. Like I... Agree with you, James. I think it comes down to money. I think it totally comes down to money and creativity mm-hmm. and the ability to do whatever project they want. And it doesn't have to be Star Wars. But at the same time, I think that anyone can see that after what happened to Ryan Johnson, there is a like red flag above Star Wars that people are like, do I want to take this or not? I mean, think about the backlash people gave John Favreau when he got announced. Do you remember that? How people were like, oh, look, John Favreau, what a creative pick. Dude's the nicest guy ever. The Mm -hmm. biggest Star Wars fan. Then people have come around, obviously, and been like, oh, John Favreau's the best. When he first got announced, it was nothing but hate on my page because they announced him on International Women's Day or something. And I think that's the biggest reason, honestly. I don't know that it would have been anywhere near as bad had they not done it on that day. Anytime they announce right. someone who's like when they announce Kevin Feige, it's the whole, oh, another white male thing. And, you know, I, I, I get that. Right. But but again, th- like that didn't get as much storm as the John Favreau thing because the John Favreau was announced on a very specific day that was like sure. anti what it was. Sure. But that but then, you yeah. know, two two years later, all those people who said that are, you know, taking photos with Mandalorian helmets on and they're like, first yeah, because it's not that show. big of a deal. Right. Not even that. Yeah. He's put and that's so why many I'm thinking people off and wise is like, it's not that important. Right. But then you have people that hated on John Favreau at first, like for days, by the way, not just one day, days, weeks hated on mm-hmm. John Favreau. And then he turns around and makes every episode of his show directed by someone else. Women, people of color well, all yeah, over but the that's place. Normal. But I'm saying like, I just feel like people are so quick in this fandom to jump to conclusions before they know the full story. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying this is specific to anyone in general. It's just like, it's not specific. It's like every single piece of news, people jump to conclusions. 
Um, but I don't think you can ignore what happened to Ryan Johnson. It I continues mean, to happen the, every and, day. And, 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 you know, Ryan Johnson aside, to get back to the Game of Thrones guys, they received a lot of flack for not being able to write because George, they, they created a story based on George R.R. R. Martin's books and that took them through season five. And then season six was loved by critics, loved by fans. This was the, that was the first season that took place after his books. So it's on you guys now to, to continue Game of Thrones. They wrote and produced seven of the eight episodes. It had a, in the mid nineties on Rotten Tomatoes for both audience and critics. And they wrote and produced that series. And this is post his books. So for people to say, oh, these guys, they only could write his material. Not true. Fact right there. One of the, and the Battle of the Bastards is one of the greatest episodes in the history of TV. They both wrote it and produced it. And guess what? What was their job going to be on Star Wars? Writing and producing. So it's quite possible because of all these situations that we lost uh, uh, these guys taking part in Star Wars because of uh, the backlash. And to say that they only did it because of the money, uh, that certainly helps. And it was a, like, a huge chunk of this. But again, I'm checking that Hollywood Report article right now via the sources close to the situation. It says they were rattled by the reaction to the end of Game of Thrones. They, these people are creators and humans. You have to remember that. It's not just business. They're just like us. When we get rattled, when people subtweet us, these guys are getting vilified publicly by thousands of people that their work is garbage. Possibly and they millions. And they didn't, yeah, could be millions. And they didn't show up to San Diego Comic-Con because they were rattled by the fan reaction to the end of their show. Take that which was their biggest work and passion in a decade of effort and add to, we have to go into Star Wars now and do movies after what happened to Ryan Johnson. And it says that they didn't want to deal with it. They went on vacation with their families and they decided like the toxicity in the fandom is an issue. Like it's a part of this story right here. This isn't just made up. So um, I understand that the deal is there. I wish I could find the quote now, but they fully acknowledge the the toxic element of fandom. And I think it's all kind of put together in one blender as to what led to their ultimate exit. And I think there's like four main factors in that. One, Look the Netflix at Pablo. deal. Two, their backlash from Game of Thrones. Three, the toxicity in Star Wars fandom as it exists. And four, Kathleen Kennedy not wanting to be a partner in their time for their projects. So I think it's those four main things that went into it. Yeah. And look at people like Pablo who have literally gone off. They just are out. Yeah. I mean, that that's fair. Yeah. The, I think at first I was like, you know, that's a good point with Pablo, but also the Pablo, <laughs> I, he stokes the flames of and course he, he does. says of things like, I do not care what you people think and stuff like that. So it's like, you're, he he makes things worse, I think, and whereas like a director for one of these movies wouldn't do things like that. But, um, I I mean I I think like to some degree you guys are saying it's part of it. It's just part of it, and I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. I'm just not putting anywhere near as much emphasis as I think you guys are, um, because I think like looking at it solo. All right. Can I as cu- coming off of solo? Mm-hmm. I just think people didn't people didn't like it. Right. People are, are going to say like, oh, I didn't like that movie. Ron Howard did a bad job. That's fine. But like 
nobody was treating Ron Howard like they were treating Ryan Johnson. So it's not a thing that's native to Star Wars. Star Wars fans are going to attack the director and the story no matter what it is. And even to some degree, Star Wars fans, on a general basis, probably didn't even really like Solo. Like there's a, there is some fans that are like, that wasn't my favorite movie, but like, it's not inherent to the star Wars fandom that just because we don't like aspects of the movie, we attack that person and bash them. I really strongly feel like that is a once in a movie thing that's happening with Ryan Johnson. That whole thing is crazy to me. But quickly, I don't think they're going to do that to JJ. And I, think I don't they think they already do it to, do to JJ. To director. They already do it to JJ. I make jokes they about JJ. Yes, they do on Twitter. I posted an image of JJ joking that he, I was like, he's your dad and he's taking you out of school for the day to hang out. You know how many tweets I got of people being like, yeah, to go ruin Star Wars. Yeah, to ruin that thing I love. Oh, yeah, because he sucks. Like it was, it was like every two positive things I got, I got a negative one. Let me read what came from the Hollywood Reporter article about this. Based on that's so- not my experience. Based at all. on this is based on sources close to the situation as to their exit. Sure. It says, meanwhile, Benioff and Wise were also feeling the heat and began having second thoughts about jumping into Star Wars due to what one source described as "quote toxic fandom" end quote. Their creators had built Game of Thrones from the ground up based on George R. R. Martin's novels and were initially lauded by both critics and fans who made the show the most watched original series in HBO history. But the divisive six-episode final season aired and was met with such backlash that the duo backed out of a farewell panel at San Diego Comic-Con in the summer. To go from Thrones to Star Wars, where fans have bullied actors off social media and taken aim at filmmakers like Johnson, who want to go? Who wants to go through that again? Not them, notes another source with knowledge of Benioff and Wise's thinking. This was in the life is too short category. Whether forces internal or external were in play, Benioff and Wise wanted out. It was a hard quit says an insider. It was a different scene when Kennedy brought Benioff and Wise into Star Wars three months before the underwhelming performance of Solo led Disney and Lucasfilm to reevaluate its strategy and abandon its standalone film ambitions, meaning a number of projects in the pipeline had to be revamped or killed. So sources close to their thinking, this is someone who knows and talks to them and has been around them. This isn't fan assumptions and us trying to guess things are saying this is part of their reasoning. It's a real thing. And it's it just a sucks. It yeah. really sucks. It's unfair, really. Yeah. I like, think I'm if, all for positive like, yeah. and negative reviews, but it gets to a point that when you're attacking someone as a human being for something that they've done in a movie, like, come on, guys, there is a line. You can say, hey, I didn't like this movie. It, it sucked. Okay, cool. But, I like, you're going to attack that person as a human? like what they look like, their family, like all this crazy stuff. Yeah, I'd be out too. But I'd also take those buckets of Netflix money. Yeah, if Game of Thrones was loved, (laughs) like season eight, fans were like, this was the greatest ending in the history of TV. I think these guys would still be working, potentially working on Star Wars right now. If Kathleen Kennedy was down with them doing both. So again, like I said, there's, there's there's four factors that go into this. It's not all one of them. Right, right, right. But all of them exist. And if you watch that behind the scenes thing, people were saying that like you could see that they really cared about the story and like all the work that went into it to then get the backlash they got. Yeah. 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 Is it really just by the way, because I don't watch Game of Thrones. 
uh, without getting too much into it. Is the backlash really because they killed her? Um, because they flipped her personality. I think. Well, more so. which which a lot of people disagree with because if you rewatch the first season, she says like, "Once I get the throne, I'll burn it all." And stuff like that. But people like to, again, do their fan narratives and paint their own pictures. And then when things don't work out, trouble. See you in December. I think think Um, we're seeing a real problem, which we can get into another day, of fan expectations. Oh, I agree. So my closing thoughts on this, you got four arms to it. One, James, I 100% agree. The Netflix deal is a huge, (laughs) a quarter billion dollars, like I'm changing jobs. So I agree with that. Two, Kathleen Kennedy according to this, did not want to play ball and have them uh, focusing on other things like the Netflix deal. They wanted She wanted them all in on the Star Wars projects. Three, they received a lot of backlash that shook them uh, to not even show up to their farewell panel at San Diego Comic-Con from Game of Thrones backlash and for the toxicity in Star Wars fandom, which apparently people close to them have acknowledged. So I think those four arms are the biggest reasons for it. And again, my last message to fans out there who defended Ryan Johnson endlessly over against the haters and the trolls and stuff, uh, but then turn around and vilify these guys because of you didn't like how they ended Game of Thrones. You're doing the exact same thing that you defended Ryan Johnson against. So just really think about that for a second. And I think um, fans need to really cool it because it's a problem and it's, it's, it's making it worse. So if you like Star Wars and you want things to get better, we all got to be better. Well, I don't know how to top that. (laughs) Yeah, you guys have any final (laughs) thoughts on this? Uh, Yeah, my final thoughts, because I know you guys know exactly what I'm saying. I I think all those four factors specifically are the four factors. Like if you were just looking at a chart of everything. Um, But I think the way that uh, you guys are seeing is more like it was 25% this, 25% this, 25% this, and 25% this. And I'm more like it was 51, it was 50% this, 30% that, 15% this, <laughs> and then like 10% yeah. fandom. So those are the four biggest reasons why they made this move. But to put 10% against 50%, I'm like, it's not really that big of a factor. But it is the fourth largest factor in the reason they made that decision. <laughs> that, that's kind of more where I stand on it. Right on, man. All right. Uh, Lacey, any final uh, thoughts on this deal? Um, I'm disappointed that I won't get to see what they would have done because there are kind of rumblings of what they were thinking of, like the beginning of Jedi and stuff, which sounded mm-hmm. really cool. Um, I just talking about fandom like this, like really gets me down because <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like every day it's something else that people are mad about. And I just want to say like, guys, it's not that serious. Just have fun. Yeah. It so did. T- it, you're right. Stop though. making, stop you too. Stop letting it affect you. I'm not letting it affect me. I'm telling people to knock it off. I'm just ready for resistance transmissions. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Lacey, that was a good point, though. That that article did say that uh, they were looking to explore the the dawn of the Jedi, which is we're looking Mm -hmm. at Old Republic. I thought that was a really cool idea. That rumor turned out to be true. Yeah, yeah, and it um, goes back to something James said a long time ago of like new characters, new stories. Let's get out of this timeline. Let's go somewhere new, and I'm all for Mm -hmm. that. So whoever takes over, yeah, yeah, whoever (laughs) takes it over, I can't wait because they can't get mad about Luke Skywalker when we're like a thousand years in another direction. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Feige produces 2022 
Directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I um, uh, hope you guys enjoyed that discussion. Uh, it got a little serious, but sometimes we do like to um, get real about stuff uh, on the podcast. So we hope you enjoyed it. Leave a comment with your thoughts on uh, all of this and um, let's uh, hope for, for good stuff in the future with Star Wars movies anyway. And good luck to David Benioff and DB Wise um, in uh, your endeavors. All right, Lacey, now it's time for those resistance transmissions. So what did we got? What did we got going this week? All right, guys, it's time for resistance transmissions. I need to laugh, so hopefully you guys did a good job. But how this works is <laughs> uh, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation, and then you guys give your answers. Uh, this week, it's a caption this scenario, um, which is the photo screenshot from the Mandalorian new trailer of a woman about to take the helmet off the Mandalorian. Um, so let's assume she wants to take off the Mandalorian's helmet, but he refuses. What excuse does he give to not remove it? It's a pretty good, pretty good scenario. Uh First is Rebecca Jones at Bex Jones Jones. I have helmet hair. (laughs) (laughs) So simple, but so true. That is fair. Next is Mello at a gray Jedi, who's one of our generals on Patreon. Hi, Mello. He says him. I cannot take it off. Her. Why? Him. Papa said, pack your things. We are leaving. What? <laughs> that's, a, that's a nod to uh, Django Fett and Boba. Oh. Oh. Pack your things. We are leaving. And this is why I never win. Who are you? Uh, <laughs> next is Jedi Master Sabaris at Glitter 2. And they said, we haven't finished the CGI of my deformed face yet after climbing out of the Sarlacc. Wait till season two. He's not Boba Fett. (laughs) Wow. All right. Next is Scotty Jero at the Scott Jero. And he said, quote, don't. Not on the convention floor. I don't want the other cosplayers to know what I really look like. Walks back to hotel room, takes off helmet. I don't. I don't want them to know how overrated I am. I just want Scotty oh. and the Resistance broadcast to think I'm cool again. <laughs> <laughs> so another boba. Uh, another boba. All right. Todd at <laughs> Todd is ready for the Mandalorian. I wonder if <laughs> he likes go. the Mandalorian. At oh, Todd boy. knows best. Is this uh, the Hello Greedo guy from the Star Wars show? It is. Guys, oh. it wasn't Hello Greedo. It was Todd. We um, love Hello Greedo, though. But yeah. Yeah. He said, hey, remember that Vader guy? Remember how he wore a helmet like all the time? Let's just say you're not getting tall, tan, and handsome under here. (laughs) I hope not. I mean, Pedro's a good looking guy. Uh, Next is Anthony Goodman at Ant Goodman. And he said, no, don't. I had garlic for lunch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's good. Next is Valerie at Valerie GoGo1. And she said, please don't. I don't want people to know that it's really me, Boba Fett, under here, sniffling. I just want people to like me. <laughs> Man, I'm never, I'm never going to like you. Do you think this is all jokey? Yeah. Or do you think pe- people really think this guy's going to be Boba Fett? I don't know, but I, the other day at my work, people were like, it's Boba Fett, right? I'm like, no, it's yeah. not. That's why I think anybody who knows is joking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But I do think it could be, it would be interesting if it did turn out that it was Boba Fett. And the reason he went by the Mandalorian is they tried to dive into that whole, he's not, he is a clone Mm -hmm. and he was never really Mandalorian. And that's Mm -hmm. part of his identity. And he's trying to prove that since birth, he's felt Mandalorian. You know what I mean? That could be interesting if they wanted to deep dive like that into a character study, but he's way too young. You have to do Tamir Morrison's voice too. Yeah, yeah. It, so it doesn't really quite work, but. All right. Well, last but not least is Rick Villanueva at Cad's, Cad Bane's Bounty. And he said, it's a prescription visor. My mom will be really mad if I lose another one. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, oh. well done. If you want to be on the show, this make helmet sh- is your life. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. Look out for the scenario from John where you just give your answers. And then we read them live on the show. It's a good time. Maybe I laugh. Maybe I cry. We'll see. John, back to you. Oh, that's horrible. Don't cry. I might cry happily, though. I've cried a couple times on this show. Yeah. That's called crafting. Yeah. What? Cry laughing. Yikes. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for uh, watching and listening, uh, being a part of the resistance. Um, if you want to subscribe to us and find out where to get shirts and all that kind of stuff, you can go to resistancebroadcast.com, which take you takes you to our page on starwarsnewsnet.com, which you should be going to anyway now that all the Star Wars news is heating up every day, starwarsnewsnet.com. But yeah, resistancebroadcast.com, uh, you can find out where to subscribe, which is, you know, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube. If you are an Apple Podcast user, Give us a five-star review. Leave a little rating. That helps us, uh, you know, populate more in people's searches. So we appreciate that. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment, like the video, get involved in the conversation because a lot of people like that back and forth on there. And as always, Twitter at RBATSWNN. You guys know that we talked about this earlier at the top of the show, in the middle of the show, and now, because I like bookends, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. The relaunch happened today, baby! So go check it out. We have a new banner, new logos, new images, and new content coming your way uh, via our five tiers starting at $2 a month. And what is that tier called now, James? Um, that one is Lieutenant. Lieutenant. The, the bottom, yeah, that's two dollars a $2 month tier. for page access, and that's tier two and up, uh, which is major. Uh, you'll be able to submit topics like earlier in the show. You saw Will of the Force, and you can get involved that way, and on up through the rankings. So we appreciate all of your support. Go check it out, and of course, that Discord server is pretty sweet. But uh, thank you guys all for your support, especially our generals, which are Carmelo. Brian Cholito, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, who you just saw before in the pod race, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you so much. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and at Star Wars News Net. James Bainey, what about you? Uh, I wish I was at James Bainey, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I am actually at Meyer Trunks. Yes, and that is a lethal weapon reference. Uh, Lacey, how about you? You know it. People can find me. Trying to make Solo 2 happen at Lacey Gillerin on Twitter and Instagram. That's excellent. All right, guys. It was my idea. Nice. <laughs> sure was. <laughs> okay. All right, it guys. Was <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And just know that we'll be back with you on Monday, which is Mando Eve. So enjoy your weekends. Get ready. And we'll see you on Monday morning right here on the Resistance Broadcast. 
See you around, kids.